Welcome to Christian Life Assembly Online. We are so glad that you were able to join us. We hope you enjoy the message this week from Pastor Jim Poirier. For more information, please visit our website at www.clawinnipeg.org. Or if you have a prayer request, please email us at prayer at clawinnipeg.org. There was a, a very special little lady by the name of Cha Sasun who lived alone in a tiny mountain village in Sinchon, South Korea. She had always wanted to drive a car and never, never had opportunity to do it. And finally, when this grandmother turned, about six, turned 60 years old, she decided she was going to get her driver's license. And so she started to study. And uh, in South Korea, they have a 40-question multiple-choice test that you take. And she took the test, and she failed. 949 times she took the test and failed. 949. And finally, on the 950th time, she passed. Then she had to take the driver's test, and she failed four times at the driver's test. Now, I don't know how it came about, but she became a little bit of a a legend, a national hero in South Korea, and everybody was cheering her on as she was pursuing getting her driver's license. She became so well-known that she was given a, a Kia Soul, and Kia actually featured her in some of their commercials. So that's persistence that that pays off. She was very persistent, never gave up. When I think of persistence, oftentimes the only thing that separates somebody that fails and somebody that succeeds is the person that succeeded never quit. I wonder where we would be without Alexander Graham Bell, without Thomas Edison, and, and all the times that they succeeded. They didn't succeed the first time, but they persisted until they found success. They persisted until what they were trying to do actually worked. And so persistence pays off. Persistence pays off in relationships that we might have we may be the kind of people that give up on relationships and walk away from them all too soon and then wonder why we have no friends. Persistence, if you've been married for anything over 10 days, you know that persistence pays off, that marriage is a lot of work. Working on that relationship is a lot of work. Getting two people to to agree, getting two people to think together and and to work together and to plan together and pray together and live together, that takes a lot of work. Sometimes people find themselves in debt and it takes a lot of persistence to get out of debt and to stay out of debt. We need persistence if we're going to succeed. We need persistence if we're going to build businesses. We're going to need persistence if we're going to do anything that, that counts in life. And so our story this morning goes to uh, somebody who was a persistent, and it was the persistent widow. And the underlying message here 
is that one area that we need to be persistent in is in the area of prayer. And so we're going to look at our text this morning and see what it says. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there is a judge who who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there is a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. And for some time he refused, but he finally said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And I want to share a few lessons that we draw from this passage of scripture this morning. One of the lessons that we learn from this persistent widow is to never give up. Jesus is speaking in a parable and he he follows some teaching on his return. As we look at chapter 17, we see Jesus making reference to the days of Noah. And in the days of Noah, people were eating and drinking, and they were getting married. They were carrying on with business. They were planning their futures. They were building homes. They were building businesses. I'm sure that construction companies were building roads, And everybody was planning for the future. And then Jesus also talks about in the days of Lot. And in in the days of Lot, it was much the same. People were eating and drinking and celebrating and getting together and marrying and having children and planning lives together and doing all of these things. In the days of Noah, they were caught unaware. And the flood came. And in the days of Lot, they were come unaware. And fire and sulfur came from the sky and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And so people just absolutely were not ready for what was coming. It was a a surprise. And Jesus is making it clear in this passage of Scripture that it's going to be the same when he returns, that people are not going to be ready, that his return is going to be sudden and it's going to be a surprise. And then he moves on to chapter 18 and gives this parable of this persistent widow was coming to this judge seeking justice against her adversary. 
And what he is stressing in this parable is the importance of prayer of not giving up. Prayer helps us to continue to be mindful and aware of the presence of God in our lives. It helps us to not forget God, and as people, we have a tendency to be forgetful. They say that as we get older, three things happen to us. The first one is that our memory goes. I don't remember the other ones. But we do have a tendency to forget. And we're oftentimes consumed with, with, with life and with family and with business and with activity and, and with our health and all the things that are on our schedule to be done. And it's almost like Jesus can move to our peripheral vision that, 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 that you know he's there, he's, he's there if, if you look for him and, and you know he's off to the side, but it's very easy for Jesus to move out of our peripheral vision where you're not aware of him at all, you don't see him at all. And where Jesus wants to be is not in our peripheral vision and not out of our sight, but, but right here that we see life through Jesus. That when we look at life, we see Jesus. When we look at our problems, we see Jesus. When we look at our relationships, we see Jesus. When we look at our health and our future, we see Jesus first. And we see everything through Jesus. But we see Jesus first. Jesus needs to always be in focus. And prayer is one of those things that brings Jesus back into focus and helps us to see life through him, always praying and never giving up. And so the question should always be, have you prayed about it? Do you pray about everything? Is Jesus the focus? Is he in sight of all that I do? Is he in the way of all my problems? Is he in front of them? Have I taken my loneliness to him? Have I taken my discouragement to him? Have I taken my, my frustrations to him? Have I taken my health to him? Have I taken my greatest burdens to him? See everything through Jesus. And then we see another lesson in this passage of scripture, and that is that that uh, persistence that paid. Persistence that paid. In this parable, Jesus speaks of a judge. Now, it wasn't an actual judge. It wasn't a, a real person. But it was a description of someone who could be anyone. You see, there's a lot of people today that, that are kind of like this judge in this story in verse 2 to 5. They would portray many of the same characteristics. That they don't fear God, and they're basically self-centered. 
And that really describes you and I before coming to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We don't have a lot of fear of God. We may curse God. We may just go on life doing our own thing. We make decisions that feel good to us. And we make decisions that that have us as the focus, as the center. We don't fear God. And we don't necessarily care about other people. Certainly not caring about their eternal well-being. It describes a person who, who has self on the throne of their heart. It describes a person who, who's number one. It describes the person who, uh, as the song says, uh, did it my way and not God's way. And then in contrast to that, we have this picture of, of the widow. And the widow in Jesus' time and Jesus' culture would have been a picture of somebody who was probably the most helpless person in society. The most vulnerable, easily oppressed and easily taken advantage of. In Matthew chapter 23, 14, there's actually a condemnation against against the wealthy and the religious. And it said, you devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. You devour widows' houses. In other words, you take advantage of them and you take away from them the roof over their head so that they're homeless, so that they're destitute, so that they are desperate. And that was the world that widows lived in. And so you have this evil judge who doesn't fear God, who doesn't care about people or care about what they think. And you have on the other end of the spectrum somebody with power and somebody who is powerless. And so the the point that Jesus is making here is that if an evil judge who cares nothing for God and doesn't care about people or care what people think, if he will eventually hear the plea of a widow and do something, how much more so will a God who loves you and cares for you answer your prayers and come through on your behalf? God does listen to and answer prayers. We need to keep praying even when no answer seems to come. And this is another lesson that, that we, we drive from this passage of scripture that sometimes we pray and we pray and we pray and nothing seems to be happening. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of how many people have experienced this, but I I would doubt if there would be one person in this room that wouldn't raise their hand and say, yeah, I prayed about stuff for years and not seen answers come. But even when no answers come, we need to be praying and persistent in prayer. 
When nothing seems to be happening, we need to keep praying. All that this widow was praying for was that justice would, would happen, that she would have justice against her adversary. And she prayed and prayed, she pled and pled, and nothing seemed to happen. And then, then, there's a quick answer. And there's judgment and there's punishment for the adversary or perhaps a change of heart that takes place in the adversary. And the truth is this, that sometimes prayer takes a long time to answer. And we live in a society where we're used to having everything happen quickly and, and at our fingertips. And we have preachers who falsely claim, well, you just name it and claim it, and, and we're led into this false belief system that, that if, you, if you ask God for something, he's inclined and, and he's obligated to just give it to you right away, whatever you want. It's just going to happen right away. But sometimes prayers take a long time to answer. And the truth of the matter is that many of our prayers are stored up in heaven, they're treasured. And here's the thing. God bears long with sinners and our adversaries. God's patience requires our persistence. See, there's another half to this equation, and it's not just about us. It's about the bigger picture of what God is doing. See, God is, is patient with sinners. God is patient with evildoers. God is patient with those who oppress. God is patient with people who, who make life difficult for you. And our prayers are heard. Our prayers are heard. But while we are praying for our adversaries, we need to be very much aware of the fact that God is exercising his mercy. And he's not wanting to bring immediate judgment or punishment upon our adversaries, but he's wanting to work in their hearts. He's wanting to change their lives. He's wanting to bring them to salvation. He's wanting them to change because they receive Christ too. And while we want immediate justice and we want a situation to change, as we begin to pray, God begins to work and he begins to work on their hearts and their lives and, and begin to order circumstances and it takes time. And while God is working in them, he's working in us and he's changing our hearts and he's changing our minds and he's giving us grace and he's teaching us patience and he's maturing us and our roots go deep into the soil and we become stronger in our faith. And while we wait, wait and while we pray, God is working and he's working in his perfect time and in due time God acts. And it brings us to this. The third lesson we learn here is, is that we ought to pray when it is hard to pray. As we look at verse 6 to 8, 
of this passage of scripture. We see that God does not act quickly and he doesn't act instantly. And it's not always on our schedule. Oh, there would be tons of things I could think back to that I prayed for that if if God acted on my schedule, I'd have to go back to him and say, okay, Lord, I, I prayed for this and you did it. Kinda, it's kind of a mess now. Can, can, can you do this now? And, and can you do that now? And, and, and Lord, you know, can you change things around? And God works perfectly, not on our schedule, on our schedule, not instantly. But when he does act, he does act quickly. His answers may not be sudden, but his answers are quick. And you may pray for years for a situation, and then all of a sudden, in a moment, in an instant, God answers. And everything's different. And often the greatest blessings in our lives come through suffering, and through hardship, and through difficulties. That's where the greatest growth takes place. I think of, I could think of all kinds of dark times that Joanne and I have walked through. Times that were sometimes devastating. Times when we might have been tempted to give up or to change course or abandon ship or leave the mission times when there was darkness and sadness and despair and seasons that seemed to go on forever and ever. But he will see that you get justice and quickly. Though it seems to take a long time, God acts. And our role is to be persistent in prayer. Some of you may be praying for the salvation of loved ones. Your prayers are being heard. And God is moving and God is working. And your prayers may outlive you. And the answer may come after you're in heaven. But God hears and God acts. And don't be discouraged when it seems to be taking a long time. Don't be discouraged because your prayers are being heard. Our role is just to be persistent and faithful and consistent in prayer. Reminds, reminds me of the fact also that every one of us, it's necessary that every one of us have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's, it's interesting that Jesus ends this parable with this question that when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? We go back to Matthew chapter 25, verse 5, and there's a parable there of 
ten virgins who were waiting for the bridegroom to come. And when he came, five were ready and five were not ready. And it's a picture of how it will be when Jesus returns, which is similar to when the flood came in Noah's time and fire from heaven came in Lot's time, that there will be those who are ready and those who are not ready, those who are prepared and those who are not prepared. And so it would be irresponsible and careless to look at this passage of Scripture and ask the question that when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And in conclusion, when the Son of Man comes, will he find that you have faith? When the Son of Man comes, will you be ready? When the Son of Man comes, will he find you waiting and expecting or shocked, surprised, and disappointed? Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. And so I want to challenge and encourage us today. Two groups of people. That if you are praying for something, keep praying. If the answer doesn't seem to be coming, keep praying, persistent prayer. And realize also that if you are praying for something or someone, that God is also working on them in his time. And he's merciful. And sometimes the waiting that you are doing is the times when God is doing his greatest work. And you don't see what he's doing, but he's working. The other aspect is God may be working on you and has been very patient with you and, and he's been drawing you and he's been, he's been wooing you. He's been bringing you to himself. And for some, you may need to take that step over the threshold and say, Lord, I acknowledge that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And, and I put my life in your hands. I put my trust in your hands. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins to come into my life because I want to care about what people are going through. I want to care for people and I want to fear you and I want to take myself off the throne of my own heart and put you on that throne and I want to see life through you and not have you off to the side that sometimes I just draw on you but I want Jesus in front of me and through me and in me I want to see life through Jesus. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Thanks for listening to Christian Life Assembly's Message of the Week. Be sure to check us out at clawinnipeg.org for more information.